0: There you go. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 says, For our gospel, in other words, the message that we bring as Christians, the message that we live and believe and stand for and fight for, As Christians, our gospel did not come to you in word only. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? A lot of churches and a lot of people around the world, all they really do is bring words to people. And words in themselves, they are important because, you know, words do carry an authority in them because it, it shapes the thoughts and the intents and the, the 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 thinking of people and and it can it can govern a, a life, but it says here that our gospel did not only come with word, but also in power. Everyone say power? power. Isn't that a wonderful word? <laughs> in power, say it power again, power. and in the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Full conviction. Isn't that awesome? So he says, look, this gospel is not just supposed to be words. Yeah? But it must come with power. Yeah? It must come with the Holy Spirit. In other words, the presence of God. In other words, we must have the presence of God. And if you're here this morning, we talked about the manifest presence of God. We must have the presence of God. It must be mixed in with the presence of God, the power of God, and with full conviction. How I want to ask you a question. When somebody received Jesus as their Savior, is it just because they've prayed a prayer? Or is it because there's actually a conviction of the Holy Spirit, something that that exploded on the inside of them and they, they, they got a revelation of who Jesus is and of their need for what Jesus did for them? It's not just a prayer. So that's why the gospel must come... In power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. (laughs) Amen? We We must have that. But I like the fact that he says power. I like that. Holy Spirit? I like that. And full conviction. In other words, it's not a it's not a mushy gushy gospel. The gospel, by, the gospel by nature is actually very confrontive because it confronts people with, with, with the, the, the lack of God in their life. It confronts people and it causes them, to, in a sense, to look in a mirror and to see their state, their life without God in it. Yeah? It, it causes them to, to see who God is and who they are. Now, if they belong to God already and they've already taken Jesus into life, it causes them to see who they are in Christ. You know what I'm saying? One of the biggest things, you know, I, I, I travel to Europe a lot and, and in Europe, there's a, there's a real bad image of self, especially amongst the Christians because they say, how can we as a people, who, like for example, the Germans, how can we as the people who caused the Second World War be of any worth to God. Yeah? So you come in, and it's, it's actually getting them to a point where they begin to see, and they get a revelation that, hey, God does love me, and what He says about me is true, and what God says about me supersedes what the past or history or, or anything else that has happened. Amen? Turn to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at another word over there. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 says, And Jesus summoned his disciples. And I want to ask you a question. How many disciples do we have here today? Do you know that when you get saved, it is not just simply the fact that your sins are washed away, but it is you have you have also answered the call to follow Jesus. And to follow Jesus is, a, is another thing altogether, because you notice when Jesus began to preach, he came up to, remember Peter and John were there fishing, and James and all of them, and he came up to them and he said, hey, follow me. And they, I, I, I can imagine, they kind of looked around, they looked at the nets, they looked at Jesus, they looked at the nets, they looked at Jesus, they said, well, we're giving the nets up, we're following Jesus. In other words, Jesus immediately became the number one thing in their life. So when you receive Jesus in your life, it is not just simply, okay, I'm a Christian now, I've got some fire insurance, I'm not going to hell. Because that's why a lot of people take Jesus, because they say, well, we, don't, we don't want to go to hell, so it's better to turn than burn, you know. So they, they decide, oh, we're going to take Jesus in, but that's not... When you take Jesus into your life, you are choosing to follow Him on a journey that's going to take you somewhere. In other words, you have said yes to His mission, His plan, right. His purpose, and you have said, I am going to put my identity in that. Right. That's what happens when you take Jesus into your life. So Matthew chapter one, uh, ten verse 1 says he, dis- he summoned all the disciples and He gave them authority. Isn't that interesting? That word authority, is there any Greeks here? Let me see just any Greeks. Right, thank God, because I'm I'll probably butcher this word. That word authority there in the Greek word means exosia. Everybody say that. Exosia. Yeah, I probably said it wrong, but hey. Exosia is bella dele, means delegated authority. In other words, it's authority that is given. When it's given to you it means it's, it's not really yours, but it is yours. It's, it's yours in a sense that you're a steward of it. In other words, you're not representing yourself with this authority. You're representing the one that gave the authority to you. And so he says, and he, he summoned them and he gave them authority, and here's what this authority means. Are you ready? It means you can do it because... God says you can. I like that. I can do it because He says I can. His word says it, that settles it, regardless of what you see or feel. Yeah. See, we build on God's word, we don't build on goosebumps. Come on. Come on. It's, it's important. Look, when a goosebump comes because the fire of God's on you or something, that's just a bonus. You know, it, it helps, but it's not what you build your life on. An exosia is, is really, it, it speaks of the, the, the authority of the believer. Here's how it works. It's not based on what you see or what you feel. It's based on, on the fact that God says you can do it. I mean, let's face it. If the creator of the universe came to you and said, you can do that, it means he's given you the authority to do it, so when you do it, he's going to be there with you to make sure you can do it. And it's got nothing to do with what you see or what you feel. I'm going to give you an example. Years ago, I was doing an open-air gospel crusade in Central America. We're in like seven days into it, and it's really hot there. I mean, they actually had to put a tent over us, not for the rain, but because of the humidity, it would come down and it would cause our pages to stick together. I mean, um, hey, I just I, every time I was preaching, I just thought I want Coca-Cola. I want to go back to the to the hotel for aircon. But anyway, right at the end of the meeting, this guy comes up to me and he's carrying somebody, and I found out later it was his father. But this man that he was, his father was just a bag of bones. I mean, he looked like he he was just about to die and when they explained to me what was wrong with him it was true because he had cancer in his his spine and cancer in his stomach in fact the cancer was growing his stomach closed he could only eat what he could get through a, a straw that's pretty bad don't you agree so I look at this man I look at the father and I say through interpreters and stuff I say dad do you believe that Jesus can heal you just he couldn't speak he was so weak so I said, "Well, just move your finger. <laughs> you know, you look for something." You know? So he moved his finger. Now I want to be honest with you. If you took a poll, you know what a poll is. If you took a poll in my life that day, and you said, "Do you believe this man's going to live?" I would have said to you, you know, "To be quite honest, I think he's going to die," because I looked at him; he, he, he was one—he was one breath away from dying, and I—I I wasn't. God, you know, Jesus can do all things. I was like, this guy's going to (laughs) die. Come on, be honest. Come on, you great men and women of faith. It's not always the case that you've seen an angel, Michael the archangel. See, because we're looking for like something extravagant to happen. And then, yeah. But you see, exocial power does not work like that. It works like this. You can do it because God says You can. That settles it. It has nothing to do with what you see or feel. You can do it because he says it. Tell so many believers, we got here. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about someone else. I'm talking about you. I looked at this guy. I said, well, you know, internally I said, I just don't believe. I can't even put my faith in my faith because there's nothing there. <laughs> but I've got exosia. Yeah? What does the word tell me? See, this is now delegated. What does the word tell me I can do? It says, I can lay hands upon the sick, and in the name of Jesus, they will be healed. So I figured, well, that's easy. I can do that. I've got a hand. I'm serious. I took it, I was very practical. It was like a checklist. Hand on the man. In the name of Jesus, cancer. Come out in Jesus' name. Do you feel anything? Nothing. Oh, well. So I said, <laughs> so I said, I said here's my telephone number. We're going. And we went off because we were, um, I mean, we had lots of meetings to go to. So we for- I forgot about the guy because when I asked him what happened, he said nothing. So we went away and we were gone for like two, three weeks preaching all over the place. And we forget about it completely, really. Totally forgot. Get a phone call. Three weeks later, this guy on the phone is excited. Oh, he's so excited. And we're like, who are you? Who are you? He says, remember the guy that you prayed for? He said, no. Remember I carried my father? I said, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm expecting to hear the guys died and they get in the funeral. He says, no, man, he went home and he started eating like a horse. He's gaining weight. He's walking everywhere. So we decided to take him to the doctor to see what happened. They took him there. There's no sign of cancer. Was it me? Absolutely not. It was was simply, I was in a place of nothing. But you see, that's the the wonder of God. It takes you from a place of minus into a place of plus. And all you have to do is say, you know, I I can do it because he tells me I can. Don't you think this is easy? You see, because we've got to understand as believers, we represent God and we're doing His work. So we're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it because He says we can do it. And so we don't, we don't, you know, sometimes we say, oh Lord, is it your will to use me to pray for the sick? Is it your will to use me for this or this and that? And I can imagine heaven looking down at many believers and thinking, how do we answer this? Because I've already said it. I've already given it. I'm going to be honest. You know why many of you are not getting any answers to your prayers? Do you want to know why? Because God has already told you. And we go, God, when are you going to speak to me? And really what you want, you want a confirmation of a confirmation of a confirmation of a confirmation. Eventually, you know, hey, come on. I better move on. So everyone say, exosia power belongs to the believer God says I can that settles it it has nothing to do with what I see or feel hallelujah come on who can do that yeah come on I need like 10% of you know come on that, that's not difficult you say well what if that's an, what if nothing happens well what if something does Praise God. Let's go to Acts chapter. Now, this next verse, maybe you've heard of it. Acts chapter one, verse eight. How many of you? How many of you know this verse? No one. I'll be. This verse is like John three verse sixteen to Christians. I mean, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Is that what it says? No, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. One day the Lord said to me, because I used to practice that verse. Every time before I came into a, a place, I used to say, okay, Lord, I want to be scriptural. So I would go into my personal time and I'd say, Holy Spirit, come. I'd wait for him and He, and I'd tell him, come. Like, tangibly he would come, he'd touch me and I'd say, okay, now I'm scriptural. Now I can go and be a witness. <laughs> I can go lay hands on the sick. I can go do all the things Jesus did. One day the Lord said to me, he said, Vincent, I want you to see this verse in this way. Because I would think, okay, it's coming upon me. But really, that is not actually scriptural. Because scripturally what it means is that he rises up on the inside of you and he manifests himself with you. And when the manifest presence of God is there, you enter into a dimension where you are no longer operating on your own ability, but you are now operating according to the ability that comes from Him. Okay? So that's why the presence of God is so important, because it puts you in that position. You get empowered. You you now have the things of heaven available to you. But now this word power, yeah, it says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power when the Holy Spirit manifests Himself with you. You receive power. This word there is the, is the word from the Greek called, and you know it, dunamis. How many of you have heard that word before? It's the root word for dynamite. I like this one. You know, I, I remember watching um, um, cowboy Car- movies as a child and remember they would carry the dynamite around because because it it, it, it's explosive. And, you know, And As kids, we'd say, drop it. Drop it, because we wanted to see them blow up, you know. But 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 the, the idea is that the dynamite was explosive because it was designed to blow things up, and then they'd go to the in the mountain, drill some holes, put it in there, light it and say, Run! Fire's in the hole or something, you know, and it'd blow the mountain up. <laughs> Come on. You know what you know why many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit? Is because of this dunamis. Because they say, hey, hold on, that's just a little bit unpredictable. And how do we control dynamite? You cannot control dynamite. (laughs) So they try, they say, I know what we're going to do. We're going to take this dynamite and we're going to put it in a box. But the problem is, dynamite blows boxes up. I'll give you an example, case in point. I was was preaching in a a nation somewhere, and this church came up to me, because we were preaching, we had one day free. It was a Tuesday, I remember it was a Tuesday. And they begged us, please come to our church. So we said, we we were prepared to go sightseeing. We were excited. I mean, one day free. And so eventually they convinced us. We said, okay, and I don't know why I asked the pastor this. I said, do you know about the Holy Spirit? And they said, yeah, we've done six weeks. Seminar, just done it, six weeks, just on the Holy Spirit. So I thought, well, praise God, let's go. So we arrived there, and we get into the church, and it's this church of about 800 people, and we arrived in there, and I want to tell you something. They had a worship team, They had a full brass section. There was even a harp up there, everything you could think of. I thought, well, this is pretty cool. This is nice. And I mean, you see a lot of things, but you don't see harps often, you know. So, so they, they did their thing and during the worship somebody jumped up and gave a tongue and somebody gave a prophetic word and they had the whole thing going. I said, Oh that's 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 good, it's looking like a nice place, you know? And and then eventually my time came, they invited me up there and I, I just do what preachers do. I preach. And I got up there, but then here's the thing about dunamis power, it doesn't always he does not always send you a postcard and say Today, at 7 to 30, we're going to light the fuse, and it's going to blow up. I like that verse in Acts chapter 2. It goes like this. You ready? Suddenly. Yeah. It, 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 it's interesting. On the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered together in the upper room, and Suddenly. That's an explosion. Well, that's what happened. I was preaching, minding my own business, just doing what I do. When the when the when the first three rows of the church, it was like an explosion went off. I mean, people started to shake violently, and I mean, not it wasn't like the nice woozy woozy touch of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they were like plugged in, man. It was like they were violently shaking. The women were screaming like they, you know, like in the movies when they see mice, you know. I mean, it was like this blood curling screams because of the power guard God coming on them. And I just looked at that and I thought, well, okay, yeah, it goes again. Because, I mean, we'd been in meetings all month. You know what happened? Are you ready? Half the church jumped up and ran out the building. We lost three, four hundred people. Just like that. I just thought, well, there they go. I mean, they just ran outside. So I thought, oh, well, we're just going to carry on. So we do the whole thing and... Towards the end there 's bodies lying all over the place. People have been saved, healed the whole thing so i 'm looking for the pastor i can 't find him so, so I think he maybe is one of the people laying on the floor. so as we start saying, man, we, we start saying well where 's the pastor we 've got to find the pastor and' it's a manhunt begins <laughs> for the pastor. I mean, we're looking behind the piano, in the drums. Of course, you know, there's, there's bodies everywhere lying under the power of God. So we figured maybe he's one of them. You know, we're looking everywhere. You know where we found him? In the kitchen, hiding behind the fridge. So they said, the pastor's in the kitchen. I said, really? What's he doing there? So I walk in there, and I find him. I say, pastor, what you doing there? What, what's going on? He looks at me. His eyes are this big. He, say, he says to me, he says, just go. Just leave. No, no, there's no love offering that day, man. I, I just, I just, I mean, they did not appreciate me the way you guys did. They, they just, they just said, just, just leave, just go. And I thought to myself, six weeks seminar on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes. They run out of church and they hide behind the fridge. Because the truth is, Dunamah's power is very demonstrative. Right. <laughs> it's demonstrative by nature. Did you all agree with that? And that's what this word means. You will receive what? Explosive power when the Holy Spirit manifests with you. And I want to tell you the truth. It works outside of the walls of the church. I've been in the jungles of America, South America, in the Amazon. Don't ever go there during summer. Go during the winter. (laughs) It's because it's very hot. In the jungles, the, where, where everything's big, it's amazing because it's near the equator. So everything's big. The leaves are big. The trees are big. The, even the blades of grass are big. The bugs are big, and and you're in there. You're just thinking, my God, this place. And it's not it's not comfortable like this. You know, where the environment's nice and warm. There's lights. It's you. You're you just you're in Jungleville. You know, <laughs> you're just like it's horrible. You know, I, anyway. And, and you, and you're in there, and he has all these people, they're just under the trees, they just, they, I mean, they, it's just, it's just like you've gone back a, 200 years, you know, you, and these people are under the trees and they're all looking at you. You preach the gospel, you invite the Holy Spirit, you say, now in the name of Jesus, I bring the gospel, not only with word, but in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. And we say, in the name of Jesus, and I'm telling you what, some of those, Those native people under those trees, it was like they were shot with a gun. They screamed, they fell on the floor. There was a woman, this was amazing, there was a woman there who went to the doctor that day, we found out. She went there thinking she's pregnant. She gets to the doctor. The doctor says, you're not pregnant. You're full of tumors. And they're all cancerous. They're right inside. And that's why your belly is getting bigger. Imagine that. You go there thinking you're going to have a baby. You come out, the doctor saying you're going to die. You know what happened to her? She's standing there in the name of Jesus. She screamed. Later on, she said it was like lightning struck her on the head. She, She hit the ground. She stayed there for so long, we eventually said, we've got to pick her up. But here's the awesome thing. Do you want to hear what explosive dunamis power does? She got up. And that stomach that was like this was totally flat. Tumor's gone. Come on. Come on. Now, the the interesting thing about Acts 1, verse 8, it doesn't say, and when the Holy Spirit manifests or comes upon the famous ones. Does it say that? Goth. (laughs) It comes upon the famous ones. What does it say? When when He comes upon you. That, you know, that's what I like about God. Everybody's invited. <laughs> Everyone of you, you're invited. I've been in meetings where, I'll never forget it, there was this four-year-old boy. I mean, he was so small. I mean, he was down here and he had a sister because the Holy Spirit came on him and he, fell out under the power of God and he laid there and he kept saying, don't leave me. Don't leave me. This is what he kept on saying while under the power of God. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. So I thought, what's going on with him? So when he when he he stood up I asked him, I said what's going on? And he said well, Jesus appeared to me. Isn't that? He said, "Really?" So we said, well, will you pray for us? He said no. I said, I said, no, please pray for us. He said, I'll pray for you if my sister comes with me. So his sister was like one year older than him or something like that, you know. But they were tiny little guys. So I got everybody to stand up, and we told the little boy, look, just, just go and touch the people. And this little guy, little hands, just started going around. And I mean, he would not even, I mean, he, I mean, he's just trying to reach, <laughs> to just to get a, to the belly, you know, to put his hand on the people. But you didn't even get near them and it's like there was somebody much bigger than him with them. I remember, I'll never forget, there was this guy, just, just muscular, you, know, just, you can see he's been in the world, just tough, hard, really contrary to God. When that little guy came up and he just started to shake, tears started coming down He they fell on his knees and he said, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Turn so, yeah. unanimous power who wants this yeah my favorite thing about the Holy Spirit and this might shock you is the fact that there is a sense of unpredictableness about him and you know why because he's God why should we control God I don't want to control God I want him to control me I want him to surprise me every day. <laughs> I, want, I, want him, I want him to think, my oh God, I better not miss out on church on Sunday because God might do something. What's he going to do? I don't want to miss it. You know what I mean? It's like, a, it's like a mystery. There's a sense of mystery about God. Don't miss, don't miss out. Anything can happen. Especially with dunamis power. Hallelujah. How do you get... Now you might say, well, how do I get this? I'm going to tell you very easily how. You learn exosia power. You can do it because he says you can. Second point is you fall in love with the Lord. Fall in love with him. See, it's not a formula. It's, it's a relationship. So you, you, you cultivate the presence of God in your life. How do you cultivate the presence of God? get into his word worship him don't worship him just on Sunday worship him as a lifestyle yeah and then when you receive from the Lord love people just love people and hate what the enemy does to people's lives right there if you do those things you will, you will put yourself into a position and you'll become a candidate for the dunamis power of God in your life. So who wants the dunamis power? Yeah. Then you have to receive freely. You have to say, God, I am just so madly in love with you. My agenda is in line with your... In fact, I take your agenda for my life. I'm going to live full of the Holy Spirit wake up in the morning saying, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and touch me. Come and move upon me. You don't wait for Sunday. In fact, you come on Sunday already full. Some people say, oh, you know, I go to church on Sunday. It's my filling station. No, no, no. You got it backwards. It shouldn't be your filling station. Should it be a place where you go celebrate Jesus with your with your fellow believers and you come with the good report? You say, Man, on Tuesday at three o'clock, I, I prayed for somebody and they got healed on the streets. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. <I'm> done. <laughs> Dunamis power. Let's turn to Joel. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 24. This, this scripture I'm bringing to you now, I was, today I was just praying because I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, there's a, there's a word for C3 tagara. And I said, Lord, what is it? What is it? What is it? So I went to go sleep, and we slept for 40 minutes exactly. It was really good. And while I was sleeping, I, I, a strong impression came to me. About a, a, a river bank that broke, and the river just went over the side, and just flooded the place. And I know this place experiences that, all right. This, but I, th- I think it's a picture for you as a church that you've been praying, and you've been you've been hoping, and you've been contending for the river bank to break. For God just to break out, and for the things that He's promised you, the things that that is placed on the inside of you just to go from just a normal flow to a place where it's just an outbreak. And this scripture is for you guys right here. Joel chapter 2, verse 24. It says, The threshing floors will be full of grain. Here's the thing about grain in the Bible if you're into things like types and shadows, Grain speaks of souls. It speaks of the harvest field. But it also speaks of the provision that God brings in order to bring the harvest field in. So here's what I want to say to you as a church: get ready not only for souls, but get ready for the for supernatural provision for what God has called you to do. Come on, do you believe that? Here's another thing: your your threshing floors will be full of grain, full of souls full of the the resources, full of the finances, and your vats will overflow with new wine and with oil. So I want to say to you as a church, get ready not only for an increase of the grain, but for an increase and a breakout of the presence of God, the new wine. Get ready. It's already upon you. And of oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And And I really feel that is the word that if I brought something from God for you specifically as a church, there it is.